This is Jonathan Hansen, President of Rural Ministries International, and I want to welcome you to the television program Warning. We're in our college classroom here at Stanwood, Washington, and I want to discuss today, we could give it three different titles, Do Demons Enter People? If they do, how do demons enter people? You know, do they enter people? How do they enter people? What is a demon? John 13, 27. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. You know, there's a great question out there among churches, Christians. It's been there for a long time. Can a Christian have a demon? It's a question often asked by believers who are beginning to study spiritual warfare and the ministry of deliverance. A large part of the ministry of Christ involved casting out demons. Matthew 8:16 When evening had come they brought to him many who were possessed by demons. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Wow. Jesus told the disciples that they would also be involved with the deliverance of demons. In other words, people possessed of demons. He gave them authority to cast them out. Matthew 10.1 And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So the question again remains, even though the Bible tells us that we're supposed to cast demons out of people. But the question remains, can Christians have demons? Well, we can break that down a little bit. We can say, can Christians be possessed? Now we're getting into terminology. Oppressed? Can they be totally possessed? You know, spirit, soul, and body. And I would say Christians cannot be possessed by demons because that implies total dominion of spirit, soul, and body. Again, a demon does not control your spirit if you are born again. The Holy Spirit does. A spirit of a born-again person is sealed by the Holy Spirit is the sanctuary of God where no demon can enter. Cancer can't enter your spirit. It always enters your body, doesn't it? It doesn't enter your spirit, cancer. It's the Holy Spirit. You can have strong faith right until the time your spirit leaves to go be with the Lord. You can possess strong, strong faith. So, Christians cannot be demon-possessed. Now, can they be afflicted? Can they be tormented? Can they be troubled with demons? Can they even be inflicted by demons inside their body? Well, the answer is yes to that. Oppressed, possessed. Two different words. Oppressed, certainly. But again, the spirit of a born-again person is sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's a sanctuary of God where no demons can enter. Now, the soul realm, the soul realm, especially the mind and emotions, 
can host demons who will seek to gain influence over the thoughts and actions of a believer. And a believer must yield to the influence of the demon, though. You must yield to it. Because the will of an individual is still under the individual's control. So we talk about, you know, the, the gates. What do you put into your gates, into your eyes, into, into your ears? What do you listen to? What do you watch? What do you spend time meditating on? Satan will tempt you, but that doesn't mean you have to do the temptation. Now, if you meditate on it long enough, you probably will do the meditate, you know, the, the temptation and become sin. If you want to think of adultery long enough, you'll probably commit adultery. If you have lust after a woman who's married, if you keep dwelling on it, dwelling on it, dwell, you'll probably take some action. In the story of Judas' betrayal of Jesus, we learn that there was a process that took place allowing a demon to enter the soul realm of a believer. There was a process. It didn't just happen. A demon cannot just come and enter you unless you have opened your gates, your eyes, your ears, unless, and which we're going to get into, you have a root of bitterness that carries on. And all of a sudden, Satan enters. I think that most people don't realize this reality. I believe in every big church in America, I could cast demons out of Christians. You say, I don't believe it. I don't care what you believe. I can do it. Overseas, when I worked for that apostolic church, Apostle Rick Seward. Now, in Singapore, they have, it's a cross-cultural city-state or nation. So you have Indians from India with, with the Hindu temples all over the country. You have, obviously, Chinese religions. You have Islam. You have Christianity, which is a minority. But when the Hindus, for instance, have birth, they take their baby immediately to the temple gods and offer them to the gods. One of the gods are the monkey god. Well, once a person accepted Christ, a Hindu, on Sunday by Saturday, we had him scheduled, or her, to cast demons out of her. These are Christians. And they manifested. If they were offered to the monkey god, they'd prance around like a monkey till we got the demon out. You know, Baptist missionaries, if you're watching on television, Baptist missionaries know this is true. Many times they leave their affiliation, they, you know, their, their sanctuary in America, they go overseas, and all of a sudden they see reality, and all of a sudden they believe in Christians have demons. Because they see it. Now, if you don't see any of that, then you are really in a sheltered world of your own theology. You've really based your theology really small, and you're not doing the works that Jesus did which again, sometimes denominations do. They set up denominational theology regardless of what the scripture says. And to those people, they don't see miracles. They don't cast out demons because their theology taught them not to. Their theology told them it's not for today. Their theology, their denomination, not the word of God. Not the word of God. It's like fivefold gifts of ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. Some of them say, okay, this, this, and this is for today. Pastor, teacher, evangelist, but not apostle, prophet. How do you cut it up? How do you cut it up? Because the scripture goes on saying that this fivefold gifts of ministry, that Jesus gives the gifts of ministry, that will continue until the church is perfected until he returns. 
The church is not perfected. It is a mess. Church is a long ways from perfection. You've got a lot of Christian churches now ordaining homosexuals. Do you think that's perfection? We're close to Sodom and Gomorrah. We're close to judgment. And we are being judged and we don't even know it. But millions, I believe, are going to die in America before you see a nationwide revival. Millions. I interviewed Jane Haynes. She's from Kenya, although she's been an American for 20 years. She's married to a white man. But I asked her, what do you see the major difference between churches in Kenya, Africa, and churches in America? In one word, she said, power. I said, explain it. In Kenya, churches, pastors cast demons out of people. In America, they don't seem to know how. In Kenya, we see a lot of healings. In America, they go to the doctor. So I said, what is the difference in America? Christians don't need God. You know, there was a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth for all of us. They have all-night prayer meetings still in Kenya, Friday night. This is not once a year on New Year's Eve. This is every Friday. There is a more power because there's more authority because they need God more. We're too comfortable. You've heard me say that for 22 years, as long as you've known me. We're too comfortable. We don't pay the price they do in Kenya. Kenya, they don't worry about time. Why don't they worry about time? Because millions even live in the slums. They go to church. That's the best thing they've ever had all week. They're not looking at their time clock to go to a buffet. They can't afford a buffet. American churches, Americans are mostly lazy people that don't move into the fullness of God because we don't need God. Now That might make a lot of you out there watching television mad. So be it. Do you move in the fullness of God? Do you know how to cast a demon out? Have you seen miracles? Then don't criticize. Respectfully. So in the story of Judas, the betrayal of Jesus, we learn that there is a process that takes place allowing a demon to enter the soul of a believer. There's a process. I'm not suggesting that Judas was born again. Some people would say he was born again. Jesus said, follow me. Well, Jesus tells the whole world to follow him. And you have people going to church saying they're following Jesus. And only God knows who's a real Christian in a church, right? Because the demons go to church too. Don't you know that? Demons go to church. Angels go to church. I'm not suggesting again he was born again. Only that we can see the operation of Satan in his life that reveals a pattern of the enemy to gain influence of a person so the devil's will can be accomplished through a demonized person. There's a pattern whether you're born again or not. There's a pattern. One, we've got four points today. One, thought suggestion. John 13, two. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. The devil already having put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot. Someone has rightly said the devil has the power of supernatural thought suggestion. Well, we have a lot of temptation, don't we? Have, have you had any temptation out there? 
even in this room? Every one of us have had temptation. Every one of us. I've traveled the world for 35 years and much of that time without my wife. Well, I've had a lot of thought suggestion. How do I put it immediately under my feet? That's what I do. I reject it immediately and move on. I don't dwell on the thought. If I would have dwelled on the thought, I'd have committed adultery a long time ago. I don't dwell on it. I immediately reject it and move on. I don't sit there dwelling and dwelling and looking and looking. Oh, she's a gorgeous creature. <laughs> you are getting yourself into trouble and you'll probably end up in sin. In fact, by dwelling on that too long, you're already into sin. So you rebuke the enemy and the Bible says he will flee. Now someone... Again, any thought that doesn't agree with principle with, with the written word of God must be rejected. So that's what has been suggested, and I totally agree. In fact, I've taught it before I ever read this person's suggestion. Any thought that doesn't agree in principle with the written word of God must be rejected. Any thought. Any prophecy. Judge the prophets. I've seen a lot of bozo prophecies out there since I moved to America. A lot of nonsense. And, and, and people completely prophesying. I remember, I'm going to just put it on television today. I remember when some well-known prophet said, Obama's going to be saved and have the strongest economy. And I went immediately on television, I reject this. There's no sign he's going to be saved and he's going to crash the American economy. And that's what he did. The lowest ever and the economic growth, ever. And he's not saved and he's not going to be saved, I don't see in the future. So that prophecy from that prophet was dead wrong. He's still behind the scenes trying to create a new world order. He's still behind the scenes trying to topple Trump. He's still behind the scenes, and I can prove all of this. He's still behind the scenes, again, trying to get liberal politics and poli you know, politicians elected. They have been pushing for communism, socialism, and he really went a long ways to divide America and push us into that. I got a news article coming out titled Trump, Obama, and Repentance. He's gone a long ways into pushing us over the hill and destroying the republic, and he's still trying. Too entertaining the thought. Luke 22, 4. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him. So we talked about the thought developing. The thought is developing into action in the mind of Judas, which is what happens when we begin to entertain those suggestions from the enemy. The mind will begin to conceive ways to give life to the evil suggestion unless it is immediately discarded. The thought will, con will give birth into life, into action, if you don't immediately reject it. You know, I hate this person. Well, if you, if you say it long enough and you let bitterness and anger and rage seep in, you might even try to kill them. Prisons are filled with people that first they just hated them. But they thought about it and their anger rose. The devil entered and they committed murder. If you don't think any one of you can commit murder, you don't know yourself very well. Anybody can if you push to the extreme.
Only the grace of God, if you live by the word of God and, and reject every thought, prevents us from becoming hardened criminals. The grace of God. So the thought is developing into action in the mind of Judas. The mind will begin to conceive ways to give life to the evil suggestion unless it's rebuked. Someone said, a, a thought that remains unspoken dies unborn. Well, Judas discussed it with accomplices. What does that mean? A thought that remains unspoken. How do churches split? How do ministries split? And I've seen just about every church, if you study their history, split. Every single one. Ministries too. Every one. Why? Because the thought is spoken. An evil thought. It's called six sins, God hates seven, and abomination. We're talking about gossip and tailbearing and murmuring and complaining. Things like this. The thought is spoken and the church is split. Relationships are broken. Because the person can't keep their big mouth shut. Why not? Too much pride. So they got to speak the thought. Now other people are against whoever. The senior pastor. Because the person has a problem with their pride. Now they speak the thought. Who can control the tongue? Only the Holy Spirit. You got too much pride? Holy Spirit can't control your tongue. Who controls your tongue? You do. You know, you look into the, my mirror, you look into the mirror and say, hey, me and my big mouth, me and my big mouth cause a lot of problems. You know, that's something we should say every once in a while, huh? Look into the mirror. Me and my big mouth cause a lot of problems. And we do cause a lot of problems. We take away faith. We take away our seed that would bring blessing. We terminate it. We keep starting over. Three, Satan enters and takes control. John 13, 27. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him, then said unto him, what you do, do quickly. So we're talking about point number three. Satan enters and takes control. Judas, Judas has now yielded complete control to Satan, who compels him to carry out the plot to get Jesus killed. The end of Judas' life shows us what happens to people after the devil is through with them. They are destroyed. The devil doesn't love you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. All he wants to do is, is use you through your pride to destroy other people and then destroy yourself. Because when you die, your life is separated from God for eternity. He doesn't love you. He wants you to spend eternity with him. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. John 13, 27. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. And Jesus said, what you do, do quickly. Jesus knew what he was going to do. Why didn't Jesus try to stop him? Because Jesus does not go against your will. He will not make you a robot. You know, there's some people that you can have all the evidence you want and present all the evidence, you still can't convince them. What do you do with those people? Shake the dust off your feet. I heard another person paraphrase it. Don't try to convince an idiot. It wasn't me, but it was a good statement. If the person's an idiot, you can present all the evidence you want, you're not going to convince them. Because they're a Pharisee. They're a hypocrite. They're a spiritual idiot. You say, man, 
That's not very sophisticated. Well, Jesus wasn't too sophisticated sometimes. Get behind me, Satan. He said that to his best friend, Peter. It's a pretty tough word. And he said a lot more words that would shake many people's idea of who Jesus is. In fact, I wrote an article on the beginning of the year. Jesus Christ, the most misunderstood person on earth. It would shake most people's idea and concept of Jesus Christ. Judas now has yielded complete control to Satan who compels him to carry out the plot to kill Jesus. Now it took, you know, we, we went through the steps. Step number one, suggestion. Step number two, entering the thought. Step number three, Satan enters and takes control. The end of Judas' life shows us what happens again to people after the devil is true with them. They are destroyed unless they repent. Judas went out and finally hung himself. The 30 pieces of silver didn't mean anything to him. He was so tormented. He was tormented at that time by demons. Tormented. Did he become totally possessed? I leave that with God. But he was certainly tormented to the point he committed suicide. That's pretty tormented by demons. As believers, we must be aware of, quote, the wiles of the devil, unquote, and guard our heart and minds from an enemy who is seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter 5, 8. We must take every thought captive and present, present our bodies as living sacrifices in order to stay free from demonic influence. Our bodies are supposed to be living sacrifices. And I have Steve Buckhart in the room here. And uh, if I gave him a chance to testify, I think he could testify sometimes to the, uh, the dangers of Satan. Because, uh, I, and I don't think Steve would mind me saying this, he's totally uh, dedicated to Christ now, but there was a, a day on, uh, time on earth, many years, he was a very bad boy. A very, very bad young man. And uh, according to his father, and uh, till his neck was broken, he finally got right with God. You know, sometimes we, we get our neck just about broken. We lay back and say, God, I surrender all. <laughs> I got to have Steve give his testimony on radio one day. But uh, the point is, there, we've had so many people on our program, radio and television, that have been very bad boys. In fact, I've said it right on television. You know, you were a very bad boy. And uh, <laughs> in fact, it was years ago, I'd be arresting you and put you in prison. Now we're on the same side of the team because you're born again. But I'm talking about people that have committed murder that are now my friends that are evangelists. God's grace, they weren't executed, they're out of prison, and they're international evangelists. But at one time, they were very bad boys. Mafia, other things. Hired killers. Thank God for the grace of God for all of us. And four, demons need a body. So, thought suggestion, point number one. Two, entering the thought. Three, Satan enters and takes control. Four, demons need a body. Can Christians be demon-possessed? They can enter your body. They can't enter your spirit, though. Not if you're a Christian. If you're a fake, you can be possessed. Mark 5, 1 through 16, and Matthew 8, 28 through 34. Matthew 8, 28 through 34. I'll read a little bit of it. And when he was come to the other side into the country, 
uh, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no man might pass that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Are thou come to torment us before our time? And there was a good way off from them, a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought Jesus, saying, If you cast us out, suffer us to go into that herd of swine. See, devil, demons need a body. And he entered, and he said unto them, Go. Well, the story is that the demons went into the swine, and they killed themselves off a cliff, and the people owning the swine were pretty upset. But I could tell you stories. My mom sitting here, she remembered when my father, I was only six years old, we, we went to Hawaii, the main island, to pastor, and we, we lived in a parsonage. They called it a parsonage, a pastor's house that he didn't own. The church owned it. And so it had been emptied for six months. We moved in, and the first night, and I've only seen this once in my life, but I saw it at six years old. I saw a demon. And, and, and he came and he was reaching for me and I was six years old. I pulled the covers over my head. I was petrified. I, I lost my voice and finally before he touched me, I screamed. My dad ran in, cast the demons out of the house. And they said, you know, I think we should have cleansed the house. It's been empty for six months. Well, they went around the house and cleansed it that night. And then I had a good sleep. But in the morning, our goat was going crazy. It was butting its head against the wall, trying to kill itself. And my grandma let a Hanson looked and mom probably remembers the story. And she, she said to my dad, do you think those demons entered that goat? And my dad said, well, it must. He went out and cast the demons out of the goat. He returned back to normal. China, the same thing. Two goats ran into the church where my grandfather was. He was the first missionary in northern China, 30 years with the Assemblies of God. Two goats ran in, flopped on the altar. Now, there was a lot of demonic activity. They cast out the demons out of the goats. The goats walked out of the altar. I guess that goats have more sense than some people, amen? They, they know where to come, go for help. And they ran to the church and they were delivered. Matthew 8, we just read 28 through 34. Mark 5, 1 through 16 is another case. Mark 5, 1 through 16. Now we don't have time to read this, but uh, it says, And they came unto the other side of the sea, and when he was coming out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tomb, a man with an unclean spirit. And you go on and on and you can read it. And you can read the story where the man's name, the unclean spirit was legion and they had to cast a lot of demons. And again, they cast them into pigs. People say, why pigs? Well, when Jesus uh, ascended, you know, he, he never glorified the pig or any other um, scavenger. And so they're not the best to eat. Not a sin if you eat it, but you might see God first because you might die of some disease. But anyway, the point is, demons enter people through thought suggestion first, then through uh, out entering the thought, Satan enters um, into our bodies. 360-629-5248, Hey, think about becoming part of our WMI family, partner with us so we can stay on your local television station. God bless you.